Welcome to this assembly. We are here for the highest purpose people could convene together. Worshiping the God who made us. As we listen to his word, as we have prayed, as we sing, as we give to the Lord, in our partaking of the Lord's Supper, if our hearts are under good discipline, in these activities we are offering praise and thanksgiving to God. And that's valuable to us, not just today, but in the days ahead. Worship is to be directed to God. It is to be directed by His Word, and worship is the delight of His people. In the Gospel of John, chapter 4, I'm going to start at verse 19. John chapter 4, I'll begin at verse 19. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. But you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. May I review with us this morning... Several things we already know from Scripture, but we need to remember to check our hearts as we offer worship to God in spirit and in truth. Number one, worship is not paying a little attention to God so that He will keep you in good favor. That, that's a selfish twist. And that misses the grand truth of who God is, who He can mean to us, who Jesus is, and what our response should be to such high things. Worship is not paying a little attention to God so that he will keep you in good favor. That's actually a pagan idea. The ancient pagan people would take their sacrifices and offerings to the pagan altar, and as they approached the pagan altar, their thoughts would be, maybe we'll have a good harvest. Maybe the weather will be favorable. Maybe the surrounding nations will hold off from their attack against us. 
It was all about what the ancient pagans wanted when they took their offerings to the altar. But worship in the Bible is not paying a little attention to God, maybe for 45 minutes on Sunday, so that He will keep you in good favor the rest of the week. Illustrations. In the military, in politics, in business, and maybe in some religious groups, attention is given to someone in the hope that all of that catering to them will bring some favor to you in the business or in the group. There's some benefit that you have in mind, a temporal benefit, and once you have that benefit, the attention you give to that superior may begin to diminish. The attention may be a greeting, a gift, a compliment, but it isn't sincere. There's something that you want. It is an attempt to get something that you want and perceive that you need through flattery and insincere adulation. That's nowhere near the biblical concept of worshiping God. Worship is not paying a little attention to God so that He'll favor you the rest of the week. No real love and respect, you just show up at a place hoping that'll be sufficient. No ongoing commitment to His will, you just take that hour or those two hours and you sing a song or two and follow along with the routine and structure in the assembly. And then as you leave, it's almost like you're saying, I'm done. I'm paid up till next week. Maybe good things will happen to me tomorrow. That's not scriptural worship. The hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. The inner man, the sincere heart foundation toward God must be there as we respect the truth of what he said in his book about what constitutes worship. And I believe before we arrive at this place for worship, we need to be diligent about the right frame of mind for worshiping God. Why are we here? Now, I know there are dozens of other things that can occupy your mind instead of what's reverent. Who will be there? Will that family be there? Will he be there? How long will the sermon be? Who will speak to me and what will they say? And what will be the content of all the conversations? And what will people wear? How will people act and react? Who will lead the singing? Will they sing my favorite song? All of those things and dozens of other things I could bring up can crowd into our mind... But we are not convened to explore such things. We are convened to direct our minds toward God. 
to extend to Him our praise, our thanksgiving for Jesus Christ, and our focus on the Word that was delivered by the Holy Spirit. We're talking about worship in spirit and in truth. This is what it's all about. If we gradually lose that focus, it tears away at the fabric of our spiritual welfare. Number two, the spiritual songs to be of value to us must be sung with good attention to the lyrics. Now, <clears throat> you may be a world-class baritone. You may be able to carry the, the lead alto. You may recognize the notes. You may keep up with the tempo. You may understand what the key is. Those things are all secondary to the essence of singing a spiritual song. What thoughts are contained in the lyrics? Not the B-flat, not the tempo. What thoughts are contained in the lyrics? The musical structure is there simply to keep us together. What thoughts are contained in the lyrics? Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now pause there. See, that doesn't sound like a routine. Ritual. Or casual. There isn't anything trivial or indifferent in that phrase. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. goes on to say, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Here is wisdom. Here is admonition. Here is fellowship. First with God and then horizontally with one another. In all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Vocal cords are only the avenue of this act of worship. It says, in your hearts to God. Is there an instrument involved in Colossians 3, 16? Yes, in your hearts to God. You may be a little out of tune. You may have meager or no musical knowledge. You may consider yourself to be untalented. But the foundation of this activity is found not in talent, but in lyrics that are in keeping with God's Word. I went to singing schools in the local church when I grew up. Uh, at one point, this will tell you how long ago it was, R.J. Stevens' father taught me back in the 1950s and other boys. Sometimes 
Albert Brumley came, or Will Slater. You see these names in your songbooks. Will Slater wrote that song, Walking Alone at Eve. And these instructors in these singing schools were not so much concerned with the key, the tempo and the meter, the four parts, they were concerned about lyrics, and here's what they did. Everyone we had teaching us. Before we learned a song, and before we would sing that song, all of us together read the lyrics. No musical notation, we just read the lyrics. And then the brother who was leading would talk about what those lyrics mean and how they're framed in the songbook in a biblical setting. I'll never forget that. Sitting there with a dozen other boys, reading the lyrics of walking alone at Eve. What is richly to dwell in us is truth captured by these lyrics. Number three, our behavior and demeanor during a worship assembly must be different from other events. It must be different from other events. We're studying the book of Ecclesiastes in the adult class, and we will soon come to this statement, chapter 5. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they're doing evil. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven, and you are on earth, therefore let your words be few. Worship is not like just another event that you attend somewhere, that you have to attend. Live sports events capture a lot of attention, excitement, and money. But this is not like that. We may eat at restaurants, and we like the atmosphere, and we like the food, and we visit with people about a variety of things. This is not like that. At the sporting event, even if you're at home watching the TV, you may yell at your team for good or bad. At various other events, you may arrive late, leave early, wear casual or in sporting events, sometimes absolutely crazy clothing, we may not pay much attention to all that out there. This is not like all that out there. We may visit with others in the stadium, not even pay attention to the game. This is not like that. Worship is not just another event we have to attend. It is directed to God by God, 
based on everything the Word of God says about who God is, what Christ did, what our state of mind should be when we approach Him in worship. Number four, worship in true biblical foundation is not about being entertained. The American Heritage Dictionary defines the word entertainment, something that amuses, pleases, or diverts, especially a performance or show. This is not like that. Now, provided no biblical principle is violated, there are areas of entertainment that can be innocent and refreshing, wholesome entertainment, but this is not like that. You may go to a concert and enjoy the, the music or a movie if you can find one. Sightseeing, recreation, enjoying the company of others in a social setting, all legitimate forms of entertainment, but this is not like that. We must make the distinction that worship and entertainment are different. When we get one confused with the other, we put ourselves in spiritual peril. Worship as presented in the Bible is not designed to amuse. It is not presented to us simply as a diversion for our pleasure. Something to do on Sunday. This is not like that. In these issues we are discussing today, the very definition of worship is at stake. Remember that worship is what we direct to God. We worship God because He is worthy. He is the living God the Creator of all things, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. We worship God not for our entertainment, but because He is God and we were made in His image. We worship God in the manner He has directed in His Word. We can know from His Word that He is to be glorified and He is to be pleased. And that we are built up and edified by our expression of praise to Him and our gratitude toward His Son. God directs us in regard to prayer in the assemblies. The Lord's Supper on the first day of the week. Singing, recognizing what's contained in the lyrics preaching of the Word of God, giving to the local work, and reading Scripture, according to Colossians 3.16 and 1 Timothy 4.13. So, the question this morning is, where is your heart when you come to this place? Then the question becomes, where is your heart once you get here? during the assembly to worship? And then where is your life after you leave this place, after we dismiss? All that we have 
looked at this morning is worthy of our individual self-examination. Not just this morning, but going forward in our service and obedience to God and to His Son who gave His life for us. Let's be standing as we sing.